You're listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast, where we discuss current events, social issues, religious trends, and noteworthy news from a biblical perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to the newest episode of the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Soaker. This episode is being released on February 22nd, 2024. And this week we're talking about the problem of instant evangelism. Of course, it's possible for someone to be converted quickly when we teach the gospel to them. However, we need to be careful that we do not have an expectation to see a proper response to the gospel before a person has a fundamental understanding of God and his word that will provide the foundation for a life of faith. For various reasons, seeing results from our efforts to evangelize is often slower today than it was in previous generations. What does that mean for us today? We're going to discuss that in our episode here today. For links to the story we're talking about and other related materials, check out the show notes for this episode at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 022224. Now for our story this week. Be careful of instant evangelism. Your friend probably won't become a Christian immediately. From Premier Christianity, an article written by Gary Gibbs. In it, he says this, In recent years, I've seen reports of hundreds of people being saved on the streets of the UK, often during a week of outreach in a particular town or city. Typically, a bunch of enthusiastic, evangelistically inclined young believers receive some teaching in the morning and then take the gospel out to a nearby shopping area during the afternoon. One such event recorded something like 338 salvations over the course of five days. I was intrigued and so I investigated the results nearly two months later. It turned out that hardly any of those who responded on the streets were in a meaningful connection with church or with a Christian. In fact, often the details given on the decision card for follow-up were false, and even when accurate details had been given, the person was no longer interested when contact was made. Does this mean we should stop taking the good news onto the streets? Not at all. Instead, my plea would be to remember there is always a particular context and culture in which we share the gospel. In the UK today, it is rare to find someone who is ready to accept Christ on their very first encounter with an evangelist. Often people are on a long journey towards Christ, and we need to acknowledge this and let it inform our evangelistic strategies. Later in that article, he says this, Cultural context will vary. In many parts of Africa, for instance, there is an openness to God, some understanding of the gospel, and an acknowledgement of the spiritual realm. This may make evangelism easier, but the West is different. In our culture, it's rare that someone experiences an instant hit of salvation the very first time they hear the gospel. Now, first of all, a bit of a disclaimer regarding the perspective of the author and what he believes it means for one to accept Christ and be saved. He didn't go into detail in the article about what he believes one must do in order to be saved. He did mention a decision card, which seems to indicate a belief that one is saved the moment they profess to believe in Christ. And many people believe that and Likely the author does too, but again, he didn't really go into it in the article. But that's not what the apostles taught in the New Testament. For an explanation about what the apostles did teach when the question was asked, what must I do to be saved? 
I'll link to an article in the show notes on that topic that goes into that in more detail. But that aside, the article contains some helpful observations regarding the difficulty of seeing immediate responses to our evangelistic efforts. So that raises the question, why is evangelism often slower today than it was in previous generations? Well, there are at least a couple of reasons for this. Number one, our society has moved away from a biblical worldview. And he was writing from the UK, but it's the same in the United States here. Whenever we want to teach someone the gospel, we need to start by building on some common ground. When Peter preached the first gospel sermon on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, he focused on their shared belief in the words of the prophets who spoke for God. And he quotes various prophecies throughout his sermon there in Acts chapter 2. When Paul preached to the Greek philosophers in Athens in Acts chapter 17, he cited their religious devotion, the worship to an unknown God who was the God of heaven that they did not yet know about, and he even cited the words of their poets that harmonized with the truth. Of course, the more common ground we have with someone, the better. That's why 3,000 obeyed the gospel on the day of Pentecost, and only some joined with Paul in Athens because there was some common ground, but not as much. So as our society moves further away from a biblical worldview, there is going to be less common ground between us who are Christians and those that we come in contact with. That will make evangelism slower, not impossible, but slower. Second reason is that people live very busy lives. Everyone that we come in contact with seems like they are busy, and this often keeps them distracted from focusing on or considering spiritual things. And back in the Old Testament, Pharaoh knew this. When Moses came and told him to let the people of Israel go so that they go in the wilderness and worship God, he knew that if he could make the people busier and make them more stressed out, they would forget Moses and not want to go out with him. Notice what the text says in Exodus chapter 5, beginning in verse 6. So the same day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters over the people and their foremen, saying, You are no longer to give the people straw to make brick as previously. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. But the quota of bricks, which they were making previously, you shall impose on them. You are not to reduce any of it, because they are lazy. Therefore they cry out, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let the labor be heavier on the men, and let them work at it, so that they will pay no attention to false words. Of course, Moses' words were not false words. Pharaoh believed they were, but they were not false words. But Pharaoh just did not agree with him. He did not want the people following Moses. But he knew if the people were too busy, they would ignore Moses. Satan knows that if people are busy today, they will ignore God and they will ignore his word. And the busyness in people's lives makes it harder to reach them with the gospel and slower to take that message to them. But again, it's not impossible, but it is going to be slower. So what do we need to do, knowing that that's the situation we find ourselves in? What do we need to do? Number one, we need to keep sowing the seed. 
Remember the parable of the sower in Luke chapter 8, where Jesus gave the parable in verses 5 through 8, and then explained the parable in verses 11 through 15. The seed that was being sowed was the word of God. It was sowed on various different types of soil, which represented different types of hearts that people had. And it produced different results, not because the word changed or the seed changed, but because it was an indifferent environment. It was in different people's hearts. Now, we don't know what kind of heart we're going to encounter when we share the gospel with someone, when we try to teach someone the gospel. So we sowed the seed, or we are to sow the seed wherever we can, anywhere we go. And as we do that then, we are to be patient. Again, in that parable, Jesus likened evangelism to sowing seed. The results are not going to be immediate. It takes time for the word to take root in someone's heart. So we need to keep sowing the seed, but be patient as we do that. Number two, remember that God is the one who gives the increase. Paul told the brethren in Corinth, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. He told the Romans in Romans 1.16 that the gospel is the power of God for salvation. And so it is because of him and his word that anyone will be saved. So our responsibility is simply to keep pointing people to God and to his word. So this also means that we should not get discouraged when we don't see the results that we would hope that we would see that we would like to see. And of course, we want to see people obey the gospel. We want to see them converted to Christ, but we may not see those results immediately. So do not be discouraged. Like Paul, plant or water the seed, but allow God to give the increase. And those results may come later. We may not see the results of our efforts, but that doesn't mean they won't eventually come. Third point, Focus on the work, not the results. Remember what Paul told the brethren in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech so that the cross of Christ would not be made void. Now, there are a lot of people who misunderstand that verse, and I'll link to an article in the show notes that goes into that in more detail. But Paul's point was not that Baptism is unnecessary or unimportant. Baptism is when our sins are washed away. He was told in Acts 22 and verse 16 when he was converted to Christ, Now why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. So Paul's point was not that baptism is to be disregarded and it's not important. Instead, his point was that we need to focus on doing the work of preaching. We plant and water and we trust God to give the increase. That verse we just talked about in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 6. Now, of course, we want everyone to obey the gospel, but we can't change the message or water down the gospel so that those who are not willing to be a follower of Christ are now suddenly ready to do whatever we're trying to persuade them to do. Again, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. So we need to focus on sharing the gospel with others and not worry about what the results are. Let God give the increase. And then the fourth point. Remember that all faithful laborers are working together. 
Notice what Jesus said in John chapter 4, beginning in verse 37. For in this case the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Now, just before that, Jesus told his disciples that the fields were white for harvest, that people were ready, but he said in those verses that others helped prepare them for this. We may diligently labor to help spread the gospel to others, but we might never see any visible results from our efforts. However, we could be planting a seed that will eventually take root. Others may help convert that person and bring them along the rest of the way. Again, I planted, Apollos watered, God was giving the increase. We may plant that seed and others may help them along the rest of the way, but we may never even know that they obeyed the gospel, that they were converted to Christ. But notice what Jesus said in verse 36. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal, so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. If we help lead someone to Christ, whether we're at the beginning of that process, somewhere in the middle, or at the very end when they finally obey the gospel, we can rejoice that they are converted to Christ. So in summary, we certainly would love to see people converted quickly and in large numbers, yet that rarely happens in our modern culture. Rather than becoming discouraged by this, we need to be diligent and zealous and continue to patiently spread the gospel to those who are around us. And even if we don't see their conversion to Christ, remember that we could be planting the seed in their heart that will eventually lead them to obey the gospel. So rather than thinking we only need to work if we see results, continue to do the work and be faithful in the cause of Christ. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I hope you found this to be interesting, informative, and helpful. For links to the story we talked about and other related materials, some of them I mentioned in this episode and others as well that were not mentioned, those will be available at the show notes at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 022224. If you have a moment to rate and review the podcast and share it with others, that of course is always appreciated. And if you're listening to this, remember that we also upload video versions of the podcast to the Plain Bible Teaching YouTube channel. So if you prefer to watch this on video, that option is there for you. And if you are watching this on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe to the channel so you can see the other videos that we post here from time to time. And if you see a news story or have some topic that you think would make for a good discussion, send that to me at andy at plainbibleteaching.com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. Also, be sure to sign up for the Plain Bible Teaching Weekly Newsletter. This free newsletter will be delivered to your inbox each Friday with articles, podcasts, videos, sermon outlines, and more. Visit plainbibleteaching.com to subscribe today.